and welcome back to the Pin for Pin podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Atkinson, and today we are here with Coach Del Warren of Weber International University. Coach, how are you doing today? Wonderful. I'm sitting on my back porch here in Florida and uh, outside and talking to you. That's good to hear. So, Coach, let's start from the beginning. How did you get into the sport of bowling? Um... Well, I was a typical kid here in Florida. I played every sport uh, you can imagine. And uh, I got invited to a bowling birthday party when I was 14 years old and lived in a small community called Lantana in Palm Beach County, Florida. A little 16-lane bowling center in a quaint little community uh, uh, right near uh, the beach, intercoastal waterway there. And uh, they had a little bowling center. I got uh, fell in love with bowling, shot 128 my first game on lanes 15 and 16 and uh, wanted to be a pro bowler ever since then. And uh, started out, uh, you know, became one of the best youth players in the country and then uh, got my PBA card when I was 19. And, and then that's how the ball got started rolling. And at what point did you think you could be a PBA tour pro? Because some people think, yeah, they're good on a house shop, but what gave you the confidence to say, no, I can do it at the professional level? Well, I was, um, grew up in a much different time than it is today. There was no such thing as house shots and lane machines and all that stuff. Um, we just bowled. There was no such thing as training. And I was successful at every level. So I just, I basically bowled every day for 10 years, for 11 years. I never missed a day of bowling between 16 and 26 years old. And uh, nobody forced me to do it. Um, as I tell the kids today, I just loved it. And so I was successful at every level that I moved up. And uh, my bowled my first regional, I finished seventh. Um, now, back then there was... I bowled my first regional at Satellite Beach Lanes in Satellite, Florida. There were 200 and probably 10 entries. I finished seventh. I was 19 years old. And then from there, you know, I bowled my first uh, PBA event when I was 19, um, Buffalo, New York. Um, at the end of the first round, I was in eighth place and went on to, to get a check in that tournament. And uh, so I have, I've always had success early on. And uh, I was just a workaholic and loved the sport and did whatever it took to get better. And so I always had a lot of confidence in my abilities and myself. And, um, you know, bowling never felt like work for me. So um, I just progressively just kind of moved up the ranks as I went. Yes. And you had much success uh, that most people have not accomplished yet getting that first tour title and getting a second tour title to boot as long as you keep doing what you're doing you did fantastic and then you also had 10 pba regional tour titles so what made you decide to you know go into coaching after having a pretty okay pba tour success well it was um out of necessity really i, I never thought i was a coach um, turns out when I reflect now in my life, I've always been a coach. Um, I got my first coaching certification when I was 17. I went to uh, an AJBC, which would now be considered a level one type coaching. Um, and I only did it because there wasn't a lot of knowledge out there about how to play bowling. 
there was a few books here and there, but there really wasn't much. And there really wasn't many people that knew much. Uh, even the so-called experts back then really didn't know much um, compared to today. And so I did, I went there looking for knowledge for bowling. But now as I re- kind of reflect on some of the youth teams that I played at, my high school teams, um, our all-star travel league teams back then, every bowling center had an, an all-star youth team the all county team. I was helping people then. Um, and I didn't really realize it. I just wanted to win. So I started, my back started hurting when I was 28, about the height of my PBA career. I started having back problems that just progressively got worse. By the time I was 29, almost 30 years old, my career was pretty much over because of back problems. And then I kind of had to figure out what to do. And, um, my first job that I landed was at AMF, uh, when I was 33 years old and, um, I was a tour rep and I, you know, I had met Mo Pinnell when I was 28 years old and very got much interested in, in bowling balls and ball reaction and all the stuff that he was doing, which was, he was cutting edge at the time, uh, balance holes and ball reaction and surfaces. He was the first person that actually did. It. And I happened to meet him at a regional in, in Virginia and became friends right away. And so I started to learn some skills that I just was very much interested in as a player and, uh, and just as an interest to me. Um, so I was in the right place at the right time. My wife and I had moved to Virginia, uh, was running a bowling center in Hampton, Virginia. And this job came along and it was, uh, a tour rep job, which at, when I was on tour, there was no such thing. It was a, actually a new position because the game had gotten complicated and, and also the ball manufacturers were trying to use that in a way to get their product seen on television. And um, so I was in the right place at the right time. And plus I, I was kind of wired for it. I, I really was interested in it. And uh, so my first stint as really a professional coach was I was the tour rep. That was my job for AMF. And then that progressively went, you know, went to, learning how to build bowling balls, uh, designing balls, spending time in consumer products. And, uh, and that led to be, I was one of the first uh, gold level coaches, uh, one of the, the first 10 that were named as gold level. So that progressively led to my track job, um, which was I was president of bowling ball company for five years. And then that led to me being here at the training center for 15 years. Um, it wasn't until the start of year three that we actually, uh, that Weber came knocking, um, you know, to start a college bowling team. And that was in John Davis's original notes that he wanted to start a college team. But uh, as I got my arms around the training center model uh, and I started to, to go down that road uh, at the same time, Weber came knocking. Um, we didn't know they existed, even though they were, nearby and we didn't know they existed so again kind of right place at the right time and uh you know here we had about a about 10 weeks before the season started Weber comes knocking we do a press release and because of the training center's uh, brand and uh, people wanted to come to bowl for Weber because of the training center first year we had 14 kids and we were off and running <laughs> wow I mean, the training center does really help with recruiting and all that, but just 
you've been coaching for such a long time, knowingly or not knowingly, did coaching come natural to you? Um, I think the coaching part did because of my interest in the sport, my interest in my personal development, um, the game. There were some, again, we didn't know anything. Our generation didn't know anything. And, you know, that's what that's what prompted John Davis to start Kegel is because as a bowling proprietor, he was facing things that nobody could answer. USBC couldn't answer. The chemical manufacturers could answer. People installing lanes couldn't answer. And he was a, he, all he wanted to do is make two lanes play the same. And that would, <laughs> which is the same thing, reason why Mo Pinnell got into ball reaction is because nobody knew anything about it. And it was a real problem. It was confusing. So, I was just curious and coaching has led me to believe is I knew I could have won more titles. I wanted to know why I got hurt and I want to want, I want to know why I didn't win more. And that's always been a curiosity of me. So I just think I've been naturally wired to coach and um, because of my mother's background, I'm, I, I enjoy helping people. I'm just kind of, I enjoy the, the feeling of knowing that I actually help somebody and uh, it's kind of a perfect storm, I guess. Well, your coaching accolades have gone to be one of the best in the game. As you said, one of the first 10 gold level coaches, which is basically like getting your PhD in bowling. You were assistant coach of team USA. You had the head coaching for the Dominican Republic a couple years ago. So you've taken this coaching thing really to heart. So can you just explain to the viewers some of your coaching philosophies and then how you express that to potential recruits? Well, it's changed over the years. Um, I don't coach anything like I did 14 years ago when we started Weber, and I don't coach anything like I did when I was a gold level coach. Um, one of it is the environment has changed drastically. Um, it continues to change with the help of bowling ball manufacturers, uh, rule changes by USBC, governing bodies, and by Kegel. Different oils, different patterns, different machines, different applications, and knowledge. Uh, number one. Number two, you know, I'm always a curious guy, so I'm always researching different. I love the Internet because I can research anything from mental game to mental toughness, physiology, um, I've studied personally endocrinology for the last three years for my personal health, um, longevity. I all have, have that access to that on the phone. Um, and, and then, uh, heck, me and Randy, we didn't know anything about college bowling. We didn't know anything about coaching teams uh, <laughs> when we started. Nothing. I mean, I look back at the easy part for us was to um, – was to teach people how to bowl better, develop personal players, um, you know, teach them good physical skills, know how to match up on lanes. We already knew how to do that from our days of bowling on tour and my tour repping days. And, and Randy used to tour up for, uh, for Ebonite as well. So that was the easy part, but all the other stuff, how to, how to develop a team culture, all the challenges that no one talks about in college, which, you know, two thirds of what they don't talk about is what you have to learn. Um, I never went to school, college, uh, I didn't know anything about it. 
Um, that's all been developed uh, along the way between the coaches and our and our personal curiosity. Um, but I, I think that what the tour teaches you is you always have to get better. You always have to get better. So our curiosity and our drive and our competitiveness has um, really evolved. So I would say my coaching philosophy is I don't have one. And what I mean by that is Bruce Lee said that coaching, having a coaching philosophy is a trap because your philosophy is only going to apply to us. If you actually have a philosophy, it only applies to those people that can do your philosophy. If anything, I'm like water. So like Bruce Lee said, be like water. Water takes the shape of a cup or a teapot. Water can become like an ice cube. It can become a, it can become a gas or a solid. And so I'm flexible. So if you watch our players, one of the things I'm proud of is that they all look different. And we know how to maximize styles. There's different styles in bowling. And for example, the style that's needed on the tour, the skill on tour is different than the style needed to it. Um, or how shot bowler. So I've learned from all of these people that are experts in different areas. And I work in a training center that is designed to have, to study the sport. That's why John created it. So I'm constantly in an environment that's studying the sport. Um, not everybody, hardly anybody has access to that. Um, so if anything, I don't have a philosophy. I'm constantly evolving. It's a philosophy of evolution. It's a philosophy of, of, um, of evolving as the environment, as the game uh, evolves and as knowledge increases, I would say that's my philosophy. Well, that's definitely an interesting perspective considering you hear a lot of these college coaches having like control what you can control you know pre-shot routine all the stuff you hear but then a successful coach like yourself having a very fluid philosophy of we'll work within your game to help make you better well again we you you talent is not infinite now the good thing about bowling it is not a talent-based sport, meaning that if you play Division One football, baseball, basketball, you have to have God-given certain abilities. And it doesn't matter if you don't have those abilities. If you can't dunk a basketball, you can't be taught, taught to dunk a basketball. If you can't, like me, I played very serious basketball. It was my first love. And I played for a, 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 five, um, a 5A high school. And... Um, and I, when I was growing up, that's what I wanted to do. But I, as I got into uh, more and more competitive basketball, I learned really quick. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't jump very high. I could shoot like crazy. <laughs> I was really knowledgeable. I knew where the ball was going to go. But if they put me on somebody to guard that was really fast, I would get – it didn't matter how hard I practiced. And I, I recognized that really fast. Um, Bowling's not like that. You know, if you play, if you don't have certain talent, you can't play division one football. You could play maybe J, uh, you know, uh, junior college or something like that. And then there are certain people that play division one football that, that can never make it in the NFL. They just aren't good enough. Bowling's not, not like that. 
and especially at the training center, you know, our best play, our best leadoff player in, in Weber history is David Lance. His rev rate maxed out at 320. And he's four-time All-American. Now that's considered a knuckleball today. Where I've talked to some, co- some college coaches who recruit some of our kids that work at the training center that maybe we don't have their uh, we don't have their subject they want to study in college and they elect to go somewhere else. And, you know, these are kids that we hook up with, like uh, Mabel Cummins when they're 11, 12 years old. They just, you know, she's going to be a doctor. So I didn't have her major. And people call me all the time, especially on the men's side, and said, well, this or that person isn't two-handed or they don't have a very high rev rate. How can you say they're going to be a good college player? Well, <laughs> David Lance taught me that. I'll take eight David Lances all day long. We'll go win national championships for sure. Now, it doesn't mean I don't want some two-handed players and some high-rev guys. We've had some really powerful teams that have high rev rates. But I'm not going to turn away a guy that's a stroker or a David Ozio. Give me a modern David Ozio. We'll go win national championships for sure. Absolutely, without question. So now on the Pro Bowlers Tour, I just asked Fred Borden this question last week. I said, Coach, if you had a 22, 23-year-old Norm Duke and Walter Ray, could they get to the Hall of Fame today? And he said, he goes, wow, that's a great question. So that's like what they're saying on the PGA Tour right now. Could a guy like uh, Corey Pavin win on the PGA Tour this year? This now with all the guys, I mean, the average carry distance on the PGA tours, they all hit it over 300. Most of them, you know, they all just, it's all because you're getting bigger kids are getting better training. They're more fit. Uh, the ball goes further. The equipment's jacked up. Right. And uh, you can see what uh, Bryson DeChambeau is doing. So, but in bowling, bowling is not a talent-based sport. Now, on the Pro Bowlers Tour, you certainly have to have rev rate, without question. However, Norm Duke just won two titles last year at 56 years old. Back to back. Now, do I think Norm could win 30 titles? No, I don't. Could he get to the Hall of Fame and you just need 10? I do. I do think he could. So there is some of that element in there. But I would tell you that I think speed and rev rate at the college level is a little overrated. Give me, give me a kid that can make shots and hit the pocket consistently is a good team player, a good student, um, brings a lot of stuff to your program, uh, leadership qualities, um, and has a straight swing and, and, and can shape the ball and is versatile like David Lance. David Lance was also our best spare shooter. I mean, think about it. He made, he made the first, second, or third team All-American four years in a row with 320 RPMs. So um, so I'm just looking for somebody that's coachable, that has enthusiasm. Um, and we'll, we'll, in two years, I mean, if they're 100, and if they have hard, if they've only been bowling four years and they don't have a lot of talent, but if they bust their butt, and embrace our program. They don't get to varsity in two years in our program, for sure. I've done it more than a handful of times. Well, 
Speaking of your varsity team, let's talk about your team's success. And then we'll go back to the coaching question I had for you. But your team's success this season, you went to two Tier 1 events and then two other events and finished fantastic. I, myself, was at that Tier 1 event down in Georgia, and your team did fantastic. We even crossed pairs, and so I got to see Weber firsthand. So talk about your team's success and how it's been going through this season. Well, I think they're underachieving this year. I don't think we've had a – relative to our talent, I don't think we've had a good year at all. No, And why would you say that? Uh, well, one, um, last year we could say it because Tom Hankey was the only one left from the national championship team. We had a very, very young team last year, a very young team. And it usually takes me <laughs> – I'm going four-year cycles here. It usually takes me two years to develop a team that doesn't need me. I want my kids not to need me. And that's usually two years. So we're on the, we're last year was year one. So I expected to do a lot of teaching. I expected I needed to be very patient. Um, and what I meant by that was uh, college bowling is different from high school, obviously. And it's a different skill set completely. And to get a team to move together, to play together, to not panic to be resilient, to be mentally tough. And it takes a while. And so Tom was the only one that had experience to play against the best teams under the most toughest situations like sectionals. And uh, so last year we did very well. We put, you know, we won our section. Uh, we about maximized everything that we could. We had a great season for what we had and the lack of experience. And we actually had a chance to win the national championship. We were in the right bracket at the right time, and it just didn't work out. This year, I can't say that I don't have any experience. And I'm, I have more depth. We had a good recruiting class. And I've got a lot of guys that bowled last year that are better bowlers this year, for sure. And so my, with the talent experience thing, my expectation goes up. So now they can't play the, we don't have experience card, you know? Right. And uh, so I would say that um, relative to the talent experience that I have this year, we're underachieving. So that's my fault. And so again, because every year the, the where the team is, the standard shape standard changes. So I expect that when we leave for uh, Vegas in two days, that, you know, we're going to do better than what we've done. Now, the things that we're working on this year, we're progressively getting a little better. We're moving in the right direction. So, um, and I think because of Kaggle, uh, and I just had a conference call with a college coach because we teach uh, what we've done here is we, we teach coaches how to coach now. So I had a, a seminar with a, a college coach who's fairly new. And uh, so I think because of the emergence of the training center being involved in college bowling, um, certainly college bowling is at a different place than we were 14 years ago. I mean, I got five co former college kids now from Weber that are now college coaches. 
And you're starting to see a lot more former bowlers like a Bob Learn now that are coaching. So the, the level of coaching has gone up, certainly, and since since Weber came to be. So uh, so with that said, we got to get better. So my expectation has gone up because I think we're we're way better coaches than we were 14 years ago. I know I am. So. Um, my expectation is pretty high for Vegas. Um, we need to continue to keep, keep getting better, but I think overall for the season, based on who we are, um, and our experience last year, I think, uh, we could be bowling, we could be playing better for sure. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned coach learn because he's the next guest on the podcast. So it's so interesting. You mentioned him. He's a five-time titleist, won the U S open and a very great coach over there at University of Tennessee Southern. And I believe they won the Tier 1 event in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. I, I tend to have a very short memory when it comes to, you know, like Tom can say, hey, yeah, you remember the tournament that we finished, that we won or blah, blah, blah. No, I really don't. <laughs> I remember sectionals and nationals, but even some of the sectionals, you know, some of the former players say, yeah, I remember we, we did this or this. I'm like, mm. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really recall. I tend to delete things pretty quick, um, remember what I need to remember and, uh, and move on. But, uh, you know, there's a, every year his program's been getting better and better. And, um, you know, I've, I've talked to him several times. I used to be his tour rep when we were on tour. I spent, <laughs> when I was at AMF and he was at AMF, I, you know, I've spent bowl coach with him many, 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 many tournaments uh, over the years. So he was also on my staff at track when I, uh, when I moved over. So I've known Bob for a whole long time. That's great. Now we had a coaching question and this will, it has enough information for you to elaborate, but enough parameters so that, you know what you're dealing with. So this player, how would you coach? He has a low rev rate, let's say in the 200s, but he has a 170 sports shot average and is a tremendous spare shooter. But the caveat is he bowls with a conventional ball. Okay, so if he's going to bowl on the college level, the, the easiest play to get his rev rate up a little bit, which what rev rate does, just so you know, is it, allows you to strike more of a higher percentage, not just overall, but in different parts of the lane. And if he's right-handed, they've got to play all the way across the lane. They've got to be able to produce the geometry of skid hook roll from three to three, all the way to 27 to 14 and everything in between. Unlike a lefty, which, you know, Matt Russo hardly ever saw right of 13 in four years. So, so with that said, the easiest thing to do is put a fingertip grip in him with some grips, which is going to help increase his rev rate because we know rev rate is a function of uh, distance times speed, uh, meaning the distance of, that the fingers cover times the speed the fingers go from the, uh, the, the weight goes from the fingers to the thumb. And so we would do that first, and then we would look at his release. So to see how much it's going to go up and see how much it's going to change. And there we would just start working on fundamentals. 
So swing timing, uh, we would probably give them a power step system. Power step system is going to uh, allow him to get more rev rate and allow him to efficiently transfer the energy to the ball more efficiently with, with more of his lower body instead of his right shoulder and his upper body. And then what you do is, and then part of the training is implementing drills, skill drills. And then another part of our, at least our training is to bowl tournaments. So we're really blessed down here in Florida where they have a lot of scratch tournaments that are only sport shot. So I give a lot of extra credit for my kids that bowl tournaments, meaning if I have to coach pick somebody and I've got player A and player B that are the same, the one bowls tournaments, one doesn't, the one that bowls tournaments is definitely going to get picked because they're going to have more mental toughness, more experience with moves, uh, just an overall more of a sense on different situations. So, and then we would just observe along the way because we don't know how they're going to progress at what, what speed are they going to progress? Um, but definitely the, the, the easiest thing to do is to start with a fingertip grip and fundamentals. Okay. Well, hopefully that answered his question, but not to take up too much more of your time. Is there anything people would need to know about your program or Weber International University? Sort of like if you're talking to a recruit, what is the thing you want them to know about you as a coach or your program? Well, first, they would be coming in at a really good time because um, they're pouring a lot of money. In the last four years, they've poured a lot of money into the school. So they've added a lot of um, a lot of new uh, um, su- subjects. A lot of new. Um, when we first started, I think we had a seven, a total of seven degrees that you could get at Weber. Now we've got triple that. Um, there's a lot of new uh, scholarship opportunities on the academic side as well as the sports side. I've got a lot more money to offer kids. Um, and that's new along with this, this new uh, format that they're doing with, uh, with the academics. We now are getting a lot more into medicine. So like the new one is now nursing is a big one for girls. Um, so there's a lot more opportunity. They're also pouring a lot of money into the school, meaning that the campus is getting nicer, which they needed to do. The classrooms are getting better. Um, we're on a lake, one of the biggest freshwater lakes. They have their own beach. It's, it's really a nice, if you like a small school, a private school, it's a very good education. Um, one of the parents told me uh, recently when they brought their son down and they were inter- interested in sports business management, they said, do you know you have the 38th highest ranked sports business management degree out of 4,000 schools in the country? And I said, we do? <laughs> I go, where did you find that? And he says, well, on Google, it's right here. So... It's a very, um, the average class size is about 12. And, uh, you know, of course, we're right here in Central Florida. So there's, you have access to do fun things like college kids like to do, like, you know, Daytona Beach and Tampa and St. Pete and all that. And so, um, and then the obvious is the training center. The staff is second to none. I believe our core competency, which means what do we do best? I don't think we're great recruiters. Meaning 
one, because up until recently, we only had a small amount of um, um, degrees to offer, um, number one. Number two, we do this part-time. Um, the, the coaches and I, uh, my predominant job is I'm the vice president of the training center, and that's what pays the bills. Um, the coaches really don't get compensated to Coach Weber. It's really a labor of love. And so we have a very limited time to um, recruit. So because of that, our core competency is bowler development. If you want to be a great player and you want to, you want to have access to the best training facility in the world and the best coaches, this is, you know, kind of a one-stop shop. Um, it's a very unique bowling experience. And it's the reason why the training center was built. Um, and then finally, I would say that as far as our program is concerned, if you graduate from our program, you get to train in the training center free for the rest of your life. We don't, uh, we don't charge our graduates uh, any training fees after they graduate. Part of the reason why very, <laughs> you know, I like we can't get rid of the kids after they graduate. They're here all the time. <laughs> well, if it's the best in the world and you get it for free, you wouldn't leave. Well, you would. Yeah. So, you know, and, um, you know, so one of the other things I'm very proud of um, is, uh, you know, like I said, we got about 10 former players that are high school coaches. Now we've got five former players that run college programs full time, including Katie Thornton down there in SCAD University. She's got a great team. I would encourage you to interview her. She is remarkable. Um, she's got an awesome bunch of kids down there and uh but i'd say we got about out of the 85 or so employees at kegel we've had um currently or former we've had about 20 players that have worked for kegel wow you know tom hankey works there full-time now you know what's funny about tom is when he was 13 years old he said you know my dream job is to work at kegel he works at kegel christus sergievis um from lithuania is a four-year starter He's worked his way up. He works in the marketing department, research and development, does lanes now in the world like uh, John Janowitz does. We've got kids working in manufacturing, marketing, um, uh, quality control. It's really pretty cool um, to see. Um, and some of these people are going to be the next generation of employees um, at Kegel. You know, there some of them will be the next series of employees that that continue as, as, uh, you know, people that started Kegel start to retire. Um, so I'm really, uh, those are some of the things I'm really proud of because you, you can't control national championships. They're very difficult to win. There's, there's a level of certainly, uh, things that have to go right. Um, and the teams are getting better. Coaches are getting better. Absolutely. And with, all of this stuff, like you have these powerhouse programs who may not have the training center but are still finding ways to improve their players and win. It can get tough out there. Well, and again, I, I'm really proud that uh, I know that I've shared my playbook. You know, my main job is to share my playbook with the rest of the world. So can you imagine anything Michigan would ever share their playbook with Ohio State? Never. So I was just on, a, I had three hours of uh, a class with a coach that hired Kegel and me to 
help their college team. So I shared my arsenal sequencing. I shared uh, what to do to play. I shared how we run our practices. Um, he shared with me how he runs his practices. And I gave him some ideas on how, how to modify his practices a little bit to get more out of his practices. We're in a very unique situation here to where my job really is to share our knowledge with the world. And my, I can tell you, you know, I can talk for Randy and Rick. I mean, our passion is, is really the best thing we've ever done in our life is coach college. It's, it's changed our lives. And so, you know, I, I have a very unique perspective. Um, unlike any other college coaches, my job is to help the world get better. And then, you know, I, I want to play against the best. You know, I want your best. I want to, you know, win or lose. And I can tell you that the teams are are uh, better today than they were 14 years ago. They play the lanes correctly. Um, they have the right balls in their hands at the right times. Whereas 14 years ago, you saw a lot of teams, you know, start at 20 with 500 grit on ASIMs, you know. And, I, and I've done many seminars for college programs. And, and not only that, our former players are now, I just had another one that's uh, the assistant coach at one of the uh, two-year school. And uh, I just came from Minnesota uh, yesterday and I was there for three days with, uh, for Terry Howe's program that she runs an unbelievable college combine and has her USBA uh, coaching group up there. They're phenomenal up in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, I looked and, you know, there's Becca and she's the assistant coach of one of the, two year schools up there and she gave me this big hug, you know? And I was like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm helping this program over here. I'm the assistant coach. So that's six. That's awesome. You don't think she's going to pass on her knowledge. I mean, I think her team's won three national championships when she was with our school Wow. Um, and, and help the coach there and help the kids and pass on her experience. That's, that's just, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. Seeing your athletes and players, one, either come back to Weber Kegel to help out or expanding your coaching tree has got to be one of the most fulfilling parts of coaching. Without a doubt. I, um, I saw Nate Garcia, and he's at Life College with Elise Bolton, who's, again, a product of the training center. I've known Elise since she was 11, and she's a Florida kid. And uh, what's funny is watching them – struggle uh with some of the kids on the team and some of the things that i've talked to them about and you know understanding uh you know some of the challenges that nate gave me was when he was a student and i'm like you know karma karma is going to get you buddy <laughs> you're going to get a kid just like you <laughs> but you know when he says uh you know I, I appreciate what you taught me coach and and uh, i'm utilizing a lot of the things that i learned and now they're seeing the world from a coaching perspective instead of a student perspective. They now have been through it. They have, and of course, they're closer to the age of the student than they are my age. Right. So, um, you know, that's really fulfilling. That helps me sleep very well at night. And uh, it also pushes me to get better, man. I can't, because uh, they're, I've got to get better. I can't stay where I'm at because relatively speaking now we're worse right right so 
well, keeps me going, man. It keeps me pushing. And Weber will continue to keep pushing all the way to Vegas and throughout the rest of their season. But that's all the time we have on the Pin for Pin podcast, so I'll leave you all with this. The levels of success are good, better, best. So never let it rest till you're better than the best. See you all next week. Thank you.